Welcome to the Students of the Game podcast, hosted by Matthew DeMarty. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Welcome to another edition of the Students of the Game podcast. Your host, Matthew DeMarty, as always. And this edition, I'm very excited to bring on the newest member of SOTG, uh, Matt Carlin, analytics writer. How's it going, Matt? What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, Matthew. Excited yeah. Of course. Really, uh, really happy to have you on. So uh, today's topic, of course, with wildcard games beginning tonight, is the postseason. Uh, it's the best time of the year, and postseason baseball pretty much started today with two game 163s. I know they're technically considered regular season games, but me personally, I don't consider them regular season games because the fate of a division winner is at hand, and it pretty much cuts your team's World Series odds in half whether you won today's game or not. So, uh, Matt, give me your thoughts on the two matchups today. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, Matthew. Well, just right off the bat, the, the momentum from, from winning a game 163 that you can carry with you into a division series when you have five, you know, it's a five-game set versus you just lost your division. You have to go right into a one-game playoff. And for a team like like the Rockies, you got to start um, Freeland on short rest and, and then versus... Uh, and then play a season vet and John Lester. So I, I thought the games today were great. Um, just they felt like postseason baseball. It was just exciting to watch, exciting to follow. Just four really good teams getting after it. Yeah, definitely some uh, some really good baseball today. Um, from watching today, I think the two biggest takeaways that I had is the first is that Walker Bueller is an absolute stud, and that. The Dodgers are scary again. And the second is that, for me, the, the Brewers are legit. I think it's been like a two-year, like now this is like the second year. Obviously, they had a really good first half last year. They kind of faded off. They made some huge moves in the offseason, bringing in Yelich and Locaine. And I think today was the culmination that the Brewers are here and they're really, really good too. Yeah, I, I think the Brewers have arrived, and it's a testament to a team realizing this is our window. Let's go out and make this team as best as we can. They could have been content with sticking with a, an outfield of, of Brett Phillips um, and, and piecing that together, but instead, you know, they, they went out, they got Kane, they got Yelich, they made some moves at the deadline, and, and it's really exciting to watch and, and to see this team which is absolutely dangerous Christian Yelich is one of the hottest hitters in the league and, and they're they're going to be a tough knockout come come the, uh, the division series and beyond if they make it that far yeah definitely and one of the things that I was super critical of the Brewers down the stretch is their inability to um, bring on another starting pitcher. I know they brought on Gio Gonzalez, but to me that felt like too little too late. But maybe Juli Chassin gave us a look into what the postseason for the Brewers is going to look like. He gave them five great innings. He turned the ball over to an absolutely dominant bullpen that shut the door, and they didn't even have to use Jerome Jeffries today. And 
for all that's worth about the Brewers, I mean, for all the talk about the Brewers rotation, you know, performance-wise, they really haven't been that bad. They're about middle of the pack in a lot of key metrics. They rank about 11th in ERA, but they've got the job done. And in a wide-open National League, as much as teams rely on their bullpen, I think that they really have a chance at making some noise in the postseason. Yeah, and I, I think today also with the Brewers showed us that Josh Hader is is still a dominant force in, in the National League. He came in, and uh, the bat against Daniel Murphy, Daniel Murphy had absolutely no shot against him. <laughs> he was swinging a sword up there. It, 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 he, he had no interest in hitting the baseball or being up there. Mm-hmm. So. And, and one thing that I, I did want to say was I, I think that Wade Miley has been a huge addition to the Brewers down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, and and just giving them quality innings, being being a steady veteran presence. And I think that moving into the to the, to the division series, for him to get in deep into ball games and then turn the ball over to their dominant back half will be key to them advancing and, and really supporting their electric offense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, quick side note here. While watching the game, um, Jonathan, of course, the students of the game, co-founder and I, we were watching and discussing. If you had to face Josh Hader, because the last pitch of Daniel Murphy's at bat that he swung at that was way over his head, we were talking, if you had to face Josh Hader, do you think you'd be able to pick the bat up off your shoulders? I don't think I'd be able to. You know, if I was a left-hander, I might want to pull a John Crook and turn around and try and hit righty. It, <laughs> it, his stuff is just nasty. It, you, like you said, you're better off just going up there and looking for a walk. Um, yeah. it, you have no shot of hitting that when he's on. Yeah, um, definitely. So, obviously, after today's action unfolded, we finally have a clear playoff picture in the National League. So in less than 24 hours from when this is recording and way less than 24 hours when you guys get to listen to this tomorrow, the Cubs and Rockies will be squaring off in the National League wildcard game. Uh, Give me your thoughts on the game, kind of your big storylines, and who you think is the favorite for it. When when I was prepping for this, you know, I... I think the National League is so wide open and all of these teams have their strengths and their weaknesses and are just re- really intriguing teams to watch. For the, for the Rockies, you know, they had they had a real tough time getting going today. Um, but then against Kenley Jansen, you know, Arenado and Trevor Story finally will put balls out of there, which I, I think, not to jump forward, but that's a, a real big um, key to the Dodgers' success moving forward, but with this wild card matchup, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be John Lester versus the Rockies' big boppers, and, mm-hmm. and with Arenado, with David Dahl, although he doesn't hit lefties very well, very well, he's been hot, and, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think Matt Holiday, believe it or not, uh, is going to play a big role, just providing a nice veteran bat off the bench and and i think that he can give you a professional at bat down the stretch so Mm -hmm. it'll be very interesting yeah i think it comes there's going to be two big keys to this game and it's which lineup kind of breaks through the cubs obviously i mean you look up and down their lineup and their stars up and down it but their struggles down the stretch have been well noted their power numbers are down this year their walk rate is slightly down um 
which has been a little disappointing to see. They've struggled to consistently put runs on the board. But at the same token, the Rockies ranked 27th in baseball in uh, weighted on base average when they play on the road at 289. So So the Rockies, I mean, obviously they have great hitters. All of their great hitters have drastic home road splits. And they're pretty much putting out a lineup of subpar to mediocre major league players that you know it's a one game playoff so it's really kind of really hard to look into and try and find what's going to be the key to the game because it's only one game and there's millions of potential outcomes of this game and we're trying to pinpoint what the actual outcome is but if I had to guess I think it's going to come down to which lineup gets on the board first obviously Kyle Freeland's been excellent this year, but throwing on short rest, maybe he's a little vulnerable. John Lester, he's always been a good big game pitcher. His postseason um, stature is well noted, but you know he's had some scary underlying peripherals this year, so I think each lineup has the opportunity to get on the board early, and I think whichever team does strike early will have a big advantage. Yeah, it, it, it's all going to come down to whichever team gets on the board and, and is able to turn the ball over to their bullpen to hopefully hold the lead. But, the, you know, the, this game is going to be – it's going to be two teams coming right off a tough loss as both games are close. And and the, the sad thing is, is with the, the nature of the playoffs, both these teams I think could make a deep run, but one of them is not going to be in postseason after tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Obviously, we've talked about the National League Wild Card game now. Before we switch on over to the American League, who do you think of all the National League teams? Who's your favorite? Who is the team that you definitely don't want to play? And what are some intriguing storylines that you have uh, for the NLDS, potentially? You know, I, I think my favorite right now is the Brewers for, for all the reasons that we touched upon. I think mm-hmm. they're the most well-balanced team. Um, they, they catch the baseball very well. Um, they, they have some guys hot at the right time. And, and I think that they have a great balance of, of veterans with, with um, Curtis Granderson, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo King, guys who've been there before, as well as some, some hungry young guys like Christian Galich. I mentioned Ryan Braun in the veteran sense. But I, I think that going into the NLDS, uh, the Dodgers-Braves series, I, I know we hadn't, we hadn't touched upon it, but that is just going to be an absolute bloodbath from start to finish. I, that's just two very athletic teams going at it. Um, so I, I think that all both of them, with the wildcard game and then the, the two division series on that side are just going to be very hard-fought and interesting series to follow. Yeah, I I love what you said about the Dodgers and Braves series, how it's two really athletic teams. Um, I am super, super excited for Ronald Acuna to showcase his talents on the big stage and see what he can do because he is fast becoming one of the best players in baseball and uh, he's my early favorite for the 2019 NL MVP. But besides the fact, a uh, young Braves team, there's not really much expected of them, and they have they have some star power, and they've got a lot of really intriguing pieces. But to me, I think the team to beat, once again, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
Obviously, this season, they were supposed to walk away with the NL West. It looked like with a week or two to go, they were finally going to walk away with it. Obviously, the Rockies came back. But this is a team that finished with a run differential of 194, which is third in baseball behind the Astros and the Red Sox. I believe that that, uh, their Pythagorean win-loss record, or Pythagorean, sorry, was around... I think they had 101 or 102 wins. In my own personal weighted run differential power rankings that we released um, this morning, they had 103 wins, I believe. So this is a team that's definitely underperformed. I think all the pieces are there, all the star power. And I think the National League is theirs to lose. Not having to face the Cubs in the first round will definitely help, even though they're scuffling a little bit. Obviously, we know what the Cubs can do with the talent they provide. But I have to agree with you on the Brewers being the team that I wouldn't want to face. You know, they have they have their holes, as we've mentioned, with their starting pitching. They're really good defensively. They can hit the ball out of the ballpark. You can't say enough about their bullpen. And they're just, they're just scary to me. Watching them celebrate at Wrigley Field today, looking at guys like Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, and then you look down in their bullpen – that they have a lot of players who are hungry to win, who've had some really good seasons, and they just, you know, this isn't the most analytical thing to say. Obviously, Students of the Game is a big analytics platform. That is our goal. But they just seem like a team on a mission that is scary right now. So I, right now, my gut tells me we're going to see a Brewers-Dodgers NLCS, but obviously anything can happen. I couldn't agree more. The, the Brewers just seem like, you know, a team of destiny at this point. They just, they just seem like they're hot at the right time. One thing I wanted to mention really quick was the loss of Dansby Swanson for the Braves, too, I, I think will be something to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, with with his defense up the middle, um, he's got 37 defensive runs saved this year. Um, but I, I just think that putting in a plug-and-play guy like Culberson and losing Swanson. And he's I feel like he's a guy that not a lot of people have known known about this this year and, and what he brings to that team. So on that side, it, but that'll just be such a great series to watch. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Danzy Swanson's an extremely athletic young player. You never want to lose one of your regulars, especially at this time of the year. So that could be a really tough loss to uh, – overcome but all right let's switch it over to the american league a little bit and let's get started the same way we did in the national league there was no game 163 drama in the american league the american league playoff picture has pretty much been set for months now but of course on wednesday night Moneyball 2.0 um and the oakland a's are traveling to the bronx in the short porch um i know you're a yankee fan but are you a little bit nervous uh, about the prospect of them playing the Oakland A's in the wild card game? I uh, yes, I I am very nervous about about this matchup. I I think that just as a, a baseball fan and uh, analytical mind in general, it, it's disappointing that we don't get a, a longer series out of these two teams. I, I think that what they've done this year, both with the A's with their Moneyball 2.0 and and the fact that there's rumors that they're going to start Hendricks tomorrow. I think they are. I think that's official. Uh, it's official now? I think but, so. And and as I wrote it, you know, I I would love to see both teams go with the opener bullpen strategy in this game. 
Um, but yeah, the, these teams match up really well with each other. And, and with the thing with the Yankees that that sticks out to me is just and they they just seem like a team that's never really clicked. You know, obviously Gary Sanchez's struggles on both sides of the ball have been well documented. They've had struggled with injuries, but the the A's have have had a fantastic year. Um, they they just don't do anything poorly. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see see this game. Yeah, I I for one, this is I am super excited for this matchup. It's not every day you get to see. I think it's a nine, yeah, the ninety-seven win A's and the hundred win Yankees matching up together. Each team with run differentials well over a hundred runs. And have the Yankees announced their starter yet? They haven't, right? They have. They've narrowed it down to one of Tanaka, Hap, or Severino, but still no announcement. And yeah, that's what I figured. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that we surprisingly wake up tomorrow to the fact that Chad Green will be opening. So the prophecy can come true of the wild card game being bullpened from both teams and uh, Brian Kenny's um, anarchy will rule Major League Baseball. But in terms of this game, if I were a Yankee fan, I would be very, very nervous because, as I mean, the Yankees' bullpen, as great as it is, your bullpen's only as good as as much you use it. And if the A's are going to turn to their big guns in Trevino and Familia and, of course, Blake Trinan, who's been in another galaxy this year, if they're going to trust in those guys to carry them throughout the game, you know, if they get a lead early and you're the Yankees, it's it could look very bleak for them. And, and especially with... With the guys that you had just mentioned, you know, high high strikeout pitchers, the Yankee offense has been prone to just stop on a dime, and and their bullpen as well has been been prone to blow up. So mm-hmm. I do like that this game is in New York, though. Yeah, I'll tell you that much. You know, Yankee Stadium will be rocking. Um, they were undefeated at home last postseason, um, but this is this is going to be a really intense matchup. Yeah, and uh, and with the game being at Yankee Stadium, they're there is certainly the possibility of Chris Davis and an Apo Taco home run or two. Hopefully, it's not two. <laughs> so, who? If you had to give a quick prediction in the most non-biased way possible, Yankees or A's? Who you got? I think I'm still going with the Yankees. I, I just think their experience and the fact that they're playing at home with their crowd behind, with their fans behind them. Um, you know, I, I think they're a little disappointed too that they're. They ended up having to play in this wild card game. It's not too often we see a hundred win team relegated to the wild card. So I'm I'm still going with the Yankees. Yeah, I wish there was this kind of everyone complaining about the playoff system when there were three teams in the NL Central a few years ago that won 97 plus games and the 98 win Pirates had to play against the 97 win Cubs. But this is a really good matchup. I'm going to have to agree with you that I'm going with the Yankees. Not necessarily because I think that they match up better than the A's in this one game. I think if they use their weapons properly, they would. But just because my preseason pick to win the World Series was the Yankees. And since they won 100 games, I can't turn my back on that now. So I got to stick with them. But uh, all right, let's move on to the other American. Well, let's move on to the American League Division Series that we know is set between the Astros and 
and the Indians. And these are two in an age where starting pitchers are throwing less and less. I believe that starting pitchers this year averaged only 5.3 innings per start. And these are two outstanding rotations that jump out to me initially. And two outstanding lineups, of course. But two really, really good rotations that will be thrown out there. So what are your thoughts of this Astros-Indian series? I, I think that we're, we're seeing, uh, again, uh, two potential World Series teams go at it from the first series. You know the the Astros have it's been well documented the whole year how how good of a team they have been and how how complete of a team while the, while the A's give the, gave them a run for their money you know the the division stayed in Houston for most of this year um, I, I think that with you've got Verlander you've got Cole you've got Keuchel you've got McCullers is back now throwing he could be a weapon out of the bullpen and then and then on the Indians side with with Corey Kluber and and Clevenger and, and again, they just have the both teams have the horses, and they're also backed up by by great offenses. Mm-hmm. For sure, one of uh one of the things that I'm very curious of is I don't think the Indians have announced how they're going to use Trevor Bauer yet, right? I I haven't heard much about it. No. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it, so I am very very curious to see how he's used because he could I mean he could make a big difference this is a guy who before he got hurt was potentially if not the front runner definitely one of the top two or three horses in the Cy Young race and uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of his obviously and I, I would love to watch him get to start in the postseason but something that I am very intrigued to see in this matchup is I think this will tell a lot if the Indians are contenders or pretenders. I think you've seen in a few recent years, like in 2015, I don't remember if it was 2015 or 2016 where the Rangers had like a plus one run differential. Obviously you saw down the stretch teams like the Mariners and Phillies with poor run differentials fade away and not be able to keep up with their play, with their other playoff contenders. But the Indians, I believe, finished the season with an under 500 record, or was it 500 on the dot against teams that weren't in the American League Central? So if, maybe if their true talent level is around the five is around 500, they could get exposed very quickly. They do, uh, in my opinion, of every playoff team. Maybe besides the Rockies lineup, I don't know if there's a bigger flaw than the Indians bullpen going in going into this. So I think that that is something to definitely keep an eye out. Um, just looking at fan graphs now, I have it up. The Indians have a 4-6 ERA as a bullpen. They have a .4 wins above replacement. They average just over 9 Ks per 9, a little over 3 walks per 9. And they get, have given up 1.51 homers per nine, which I believe is by far the most in baseball. So if the Astros can get to the Indian starting pitchers at all in this series and force the Indians to have to use their bullpen and ride their bullpen to get outs, I think this has the potential to be a really short series and really favor the Astros. Yeah, and... And I, and I just I think that the Astros, both, while both teams have been there, the Astros are, are the defending World Series champions. They are the defending World Series champions. And what I find really scary is by uh, Pythagorean uh, win-loss record, this is a 109-win team. 
with one of the best run differentials in the divisional era. So this is a team that potentially underperformed. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy to say. Yeah, that's it is scary. Ah, I'm excited to watch the Astros. But uh, all right, so now let's get over. So obviously we don't know who the Yankees, uh, not who the Yankees, sorry, who the Red Sox will be playing. <laughs> yeah, nah, don't uh, don't get your hopes up yet. You got to get through the A's, but who the Red Sox will be playing. So what do you make? Obviously the Red Sox are coming off an incredible season, 108 wins, the most in franchise history. But I feel like there is a little skepticism surrounding them. I think most people have come to the conclusion that the Astros are still probably the best team in baseball. But what do you what are your thoughts on the Red Sox, you know, getting over the hump and seeing if they can make a deep run? You know, I, I I definitely agree with you that while while this could theoretically be one one of the best, if not the best, Red Sox team in their long history, it, it just this whole it just has seemed that there's been a ton of skepticism surrounding the bullpen now surrounding Chris Sale with, with his velocity and, and his innings being down as he's been prone to break down. Um, throughout the course of the season, I, I know they said that there was a mechanical adjustment, but that, to me, you're taking what's it, what was essentially the Cy Young front runner, um, along with Bauer, um, and Verliner. Um, but and and he's become a huge question mark now. Mm-hmm. And, and with David Price's documented struggles um, against not only the Yankees but. In, in the postseason. So I, I think that the Red Sox pitching staff is a huge question mark going into this series. Yeah, I think a potential X factor for them could be how um, recent acquisition uh, Nathan Evaldi, um, how he performs. I know there's been talks about using him in the bullpen, whether he's going to be in their rotation. I don't believe that they've announced what their rotation will be, but I think he's someone who, in whatever role he is used, could be extremely valuable to them. He, to me, could almost be like this year's Kenta Maeda, a starter who goes to the bullpen and absolutely shoves and is dominant. So that, I think, could be an interesting storyline. What Another thing that I could find that is super, super interesting is, of course, the prospect of Yankees, Red Sox, ALDS. I mean, that... that that is just my dream to see the these two one a hundred win Yankee team and a hundred eight win team Red Sox matchup is I think that's every baseball fan's dream. No disrespect to the A's, I love the A's, and I would love nothing more than seeing them make a deep postseason run because they're incredibly fun. But it is hard to root against the Yankees Red Sox. It, it really is, you know, and that, especially with the five game form series instead of a seven it just makes every single pitch that more important with with these two teams going head to head it it will it'll be one for the storybooks and and these teams to storied history yeah Um, definitely and i think another thing that will i don't think it changes how the sabermetric community will look at this series because they'll look at it as yankees red sox obviously two excellent teams with star power everywhere but the narrative around more of the common fan and and people, more general baseball fans, is a lot of these Red Sox players haven't done anything in the postseason yet. Obviously, David Price 
his struggles are more documented than anyone's in the postseason. Um, I know there's been a meme on Twitter floating around of a guy laughing in the background at different things about the Red Sox recent postseason um, play. So I I think there's going to be a little bit of angst and some there'll be some anxiousness among Red Sox Nation to get off to a good start in the ALDS. And I think it's really important for them because after Chris Sale, you don't really know what you're getting. We don't even know if David Price will be in the pro- postseason rotation yet. So it's going to be really, really interesting for the Red Sox, which I think makes it really important for them to get a game one win with Chris Sale on the mound so everyone can kind of exhale and be like, yeah, we're we're really, really, really good at baseball and we absolutely mash. So I think that's going to be an interesting storyline. Hey, you know, that that's the thing. The Red Sox, as you said, they are a very good baseball team. But I, I think that game one with Sale on the mound is, is huge, and especially if they're playing the Yankees, just to the more casual fan with the narrative. If, if the Yankees go into Fenway and, and touch up Sale, then, you know, the whispers start happening. And I think it's, as, as two kids who went to college in the Boston area, I think it's more than whispers will start happening. Yeah, well, with the when the biasness comes in, then there's nothing I'd love more for the Yankees to drop a ten spot on sale. But oh, whoa, whoa, too biased. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah definitely. I, I I do agree with you that mm-hmm. that game one is just crucial to the Red Sox in in setting up their potential World Series run. Yeah, definitely. All right, now give me give me your American League favorite and the team you would least like to play. So I think my American League favorite is also the team that I would least like to play in the American League. I, I think it's the Houston Astros. Just the fact that they, they went through the, this gauntlet before last year. Um, and as you said, they're, they're a team that has been underperforming this year, which is crazy to think. Um and they just—they just seem to me like a team that's just revved up and ready to go for another postseason run. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just looking—I mean, the Astros are for sure my favorite. I mean, they finished the season with a 110 weighted runs created, which was tied for second. Um, their pitching staff had a, their starting pitchers had a 3.16 ERA, a 3.28 FIP, and they were worth 22. Point five wins above replacement according to Fangrass. They also had a K per nine over ten, which is absolutely remarkable. And as we know, strikeouts strikeouts always play, but strikeouts play even more in the postseason. That you need guys who can go in and get swing and misses in big spots. And my team that I wouldn't want to play. It's really really hard to pick. I don't want to pick the Astros or the Red Sox or the Yankees because they're 300 win teams. So I think that's really obvious. So I'm going to go with the Oakland A's just because they're kind of like, I feel like they're kind of little brother. And this isn't, this again, isn't going to be the most sophisticated or analytical answer, but I just feel like they're kind of looked at as the little brother and they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder because of all the teams in the playoffs this year out of Probably besides the them and the Braves are the two teams that people would definitely be surprised at, but I think more so the A's that people are surprised at. And this is a ninety-seven win team. This is a really, really, yeah. really good baseball team. And it's not 
obviously their starting pitching has some question marks, but when you look at their position player core, which I believe actually finished the season, no, they finished the season second in wins above replacement, according to fan graphs, just behind the Dodgers. But this is a position player core who finished with a 110 weighted runs created. They slugged 227 homers and they played really good defense that I think the narrative in the postseason at least, I mean, bullpens play a bigger part, but it's always been about pitching. But if you look from a historical perspective, if you wanted to break down the past 20 years, if you had to decide, am I going to go into the postseason with a really good lineup or a really good pitching staff? More often than not, the really good lineups have carried their teams through the postseason. And I think this A's position player core along with their bullpen really has a good chance that they can that they could make some noise they could do something yeah the A's for sure are and were they to get past the Yankees they're they're tough out in a five game series in a seven game series they're they're just a really really good team with a historically good bullpen yeah um yeah and and you know they're they're first in in high leverage situations by way of opponent wall but they're they're in the top top ten in low leverage and medium leverage and they're the number one bullpen overall by win probability added and and when you combine that with their great defense you know pitching and defense will always play and yep. and you do both of those phenomenal yep definitely the A's uh. It's going to be interesting. We could there's there's a part of me that is rooting for an A's Brewers World Series of just the Brewers, just the crew of players that they have together, just being able to see Christian Yelich play in the World Series if he can continue mm-hmm. the play like prime Barry Bonds, I think would be a ton of fun. And also the A's just the team that by no means did anyone expect to be here. And they're among the American League gigantic super teams now. But I think one thing, this is just a thought I had that I don't know, you can share your thoughts on this for me, is I feel like in the postseason, one aspect where teams get into trouble is they do things that they never did in the regular season, which I don't know. You, I think you can make an argument to say, well, that doesn't really matter. These guys are baseball players. They're the best in the world. They can do different things. Then you can also make the argument of, you know, these guys, their routine and everything they've done is bred to be successful in certain roles. And I'm speaking strictly in terms of how bullpens are used and starting pitchers is that the A's in the postseason, they're not really going to change anything. You know, they're used to doing things unconventional relative to what the rest of the league does. So I don't think they'll have any problem having adjusting to postseason play and needing to get more out of their bullpen and throwing guys in in whatever situation you know that's kind of the A's mantra which you know obviously there's no statistical evidence behind this but maybe that plays to their advantage maybe I'm just talking nonsense but I think that could be something to follow no I I think it definitely does play a big role and and there's no way to quantify that but just putting guys in, in spots where they can succeed. And the A's bullpen has been very, very versatile. And, and their guys have been very accepting and bought into the to the roles that they, I guess, don't have. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, they're, they're, the A's have been very good with, with putting out the best defense in there. They, they don't really sacrifice too much. Um, and, and they just use their, they use their full roster. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is a huge key to not to when you only have twenty five man roster, um, to not have 
dead weight per se. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's. Uh, there's one more topic, and then I'm gonna let's do a little rapid fire and pick some matchup winners, pick some players we think are gonna do some big things, and have a little fun with it, and make some absolutely god awful p- predictions that hopefully no one remembers in a few weeks. But uh, <laughs> first. This was something that I was thinking of that I really wanted to talk about, and I know we're going back to the National League, is Christian Yelich. If I was thinking about this, and I believe it was the third inning when he hit an RBI single of today's game up the middle, is why the hell would you pitch to him? If you're a manager in the postseason, do you give Christian Yelich the Barry Bonds treatment? At, at this point in time, I, I think you have to. You, mm-hmm. you just this this guy has been the heart and soul of this team of late, and and I, I think that especially in that short series in the five game series, just pitch around him, just go move to the next guy, um, and and Yelich is a guy who can wreck a game and, and really just swing the favor of one game and and potentially a series to to the Brewers who are as we've said. A bunch of times they just really need a lead early and to, to turn the game over to their pet so so taking a taking a bat out of Yelich's hand might be the best way to go about beating Brewers yeah I, I think it really could be I mean just looking at his second half numbers right now they're absolutely ridiculous he's got a 500 weighted on base average a 218 weighted runs created truly some Bonzian numbers a 1215 OPS He's slugging 770. His September numbers are even more ridiculous. He's OPSing 1307. He's got a 528 uh, Woba, and he had a 237 weighted runs created for the month. I I wish I knew this going into the show because I would would have loved to have said that that's like the best month that anyone has had since Barry Bonds. But yeah, I just can't imagine if if you're in a situation where there's guys on base and he's coming up. Or if it's in a close game by any means, I I don't really know how you can justify a, going after him and attacking him. You know, obviously, obviously his career track record wouldn't suggest he's that good. But in a short sample size, it's important to be really, really cautious. And I know in the sabermetric community, there's no evidence for the hot hand. So I'm not going to say that Christian Yelich is and fuego but numbers don't lie and over a three-month sample size he has been on at otherworldly and i think he deser- he's earned the right maybe not earned but opposing teams sh- should tread carefully in ever throwing this man a strike yeah he, he warrants being aware of a game plan to mm-hmm. against um yeah and sorry. I think the Brewers lineup, while the Brewers, of course, have a good lineup, they don't have a Houston Astros lineup in that if you don't want to pitch to Jose Altuve, here's George Springer. You don't want to pitch George Springer. I know he's been hurt, but here's Carlos Correa. You don't want to pitch to Carlos Correa. All right, here's our new MVP candidate, Alex Bregman, who went bonkers. You don't want to pitch to him. It just goes down the line, and there's quality hitters everywhere. But all right, let's move on to let's get a little predictions, and let's – Let's see if any of them will come right. Um, so first, NL wild card game. Who you got briefly? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Rockies. All right. I'm gonna say go Cubs go. Um, 
Who do you have in the NL in the NLDS then? So I'm gonna go Brewers on that side, and this one again was a tough one for me, but I am gonna go with the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on both of those that we're gonna be seeing a Brewers Dodgers NLCS. All right, switch it over to the American League in the American League Wild Card game. Who do you got? Yeah, he's. Yeah, I figured you biased, dude. All right, I I am going to say the Yankees. But with that being said, my rooting interest in the game is 150% with the Oakland Athletics. Let's do this thing. Matt Chapman, Crush Davis, Matt Olson, my absolute boy, Matt Olson. He's gonna have a big game. So I uh, so I hope to see I hope to see the A's moving on. Who you got in the ALDS? Don't don't forget about Jed Lowry, Stephen Piscotty. The uh, that's team. true. That's true. I just like to focus on Matt Olson. I've got a lo- love affair for his swing. So. All right, ALDS. Gonna go with the Yankees. Um, biased and then and then on the other on the other side i'm going with the astros you know we're gonna see it see a matchup of last year's alcs yeah i'm gonna take the astros and i'm gonna have to take the team that won 108 games over the yankees just because maybe it's the law of averages and maybe this team is too good to lose in the american league division series for the third straight year so I'm um, I'm hoping the law of averages is on the Red Sox side in this one. I will I will add to or curb my biasness by saying that were, were the A's to move on, I, I think that they would be a tougher out than the Yankees against the Red Sox. Yeah, actually, um, interestingly enough, um, according to my power rankings, the weighted run differential power rankings, using them to make um, to calculate World Series odds, which um, are also out if you guys are interested in reading them. Um, I believe the Yankees and A's were pretty much like identical. And I think the A's maybe by like 0.1% had a better chance of beating the Red Sox than the Yankees. So yeah, I, for whatever that's worth, the A's are for sure a formidable opponent. All right. Um, I don't want to do... Well, yeah, let's do some World Series predictions. Give me a World Series prediction. I'm going to go Astros, Brewers, and I, I do think we are going to see a repeat. It's going back to H-Town. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of mad because that was probably the matchup that I was going to say. And I said Yankees-Dodgers before the season, and I want to as much as I want to stick with that, I... I really have a hard time seeing the Yankees make it through the World Series. I mean, make it through to the World Series. And it's for nothing more than that it is insanely tough for a wild card team to win the World Series. And just the fact that they have to play a wild card game completely screws up their odds. So I'm going to have to go with the Astros repeating in the American League. And I guess I'll have to be boring and say that we're going to get a World Series rematch. Because I think the Dodgers are on a mission. And I'm going to agree with you that the Astros are going to repeat. I It's basic to say that the best team is going to win. 
but I think they they have the least amount of flaws. Their bullpen is devastating. If you really want to nitpick, you could say that they're not as good of a defensive team as some of their other competition, but they also hit the ball. When they're fully healthy, I'd say they hit the ball better than anyone in baseball, and they throw the ball better than anyone in baseball, and they're probably smarter than everyone in baseball, so they're the most equipped to handle the randomness that is postseason baseball. Yeah. All right. Give me – all right, one last thing. Give me – it doesn't have to be necessarily a World Series MVP, but give me a few guys. Maybe it only has to be one, or if you want to mention multiple guys, a few guys that fly kind of under the radar that are going to make a name for themselves this postseason. Well, I I think that on the American League side, I I think that Andrew Benatendi is a guy to watch. Benny Bombs. Um. And, and then also Alex Bregman. Well, I don't think he's as under the radar as he had been. Um, I, I just think that he, he's kind of as a player, again, not in Sabermet- not to do with sabermetrics all, but I think he just has a player. Boo. Boo, that doesn't exist. But, yeah. Um, what about you? Ah, oh, man. That is a really hard question. I've been thinking about Ender Inciarte, but I think enough people know about him. And I guess Max Muncy being in the home run derby, enough people also know about him. Um, I've really been trying to wrap my head around this because it's hard to define who is someone that's going to come out. Um, So I'm going to go with Jerome Jeffries from the Milwaukee Brewers, obviously. Um, he is absolutely disgusting down the stretch and with Hader occupying the relief ace role for them, Jeffries kind of gets to be the closer. He gets the fist pump and go crazy after the Brewers win games. I think a lot of people are going to be introduced to the absolute filthiness that he'll bring to the mound in October, as well as the passion that he brings. And on the American League side of things, I mean, there's when you just look at the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros, I think there's so much star power that it's hard for any of those guys to fly under the radar. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with probably the A's position player core in general. Mainly their two young studs of Chapman and Olsen. I think most people. I shouldn't say most people, but I guess the somewhat analytically inclined fan understands the greatness of Matt Chapman and that we're probably we could legitimately be looking at a better Nolan Arenado um and Matt Olson I know he didn't last year he came up and hit otherworldly and I think he had a weighted runs created plus of 160 or upwards this year he settled back down to earth and I believed he finished around 117 118 but I think he's someone who could be poised for a really big postseason and people will learn his name and that unique stance and very pretty swing. So that's uh that's kind of who I got. That's uh that's all the time we have though. Thank you for listening to our postseason preview. As the subsequent rounds unfold, Matt and I will be back and potentially another guest to go over the rest of the postseason and try and preview the championship series and potentially the world series. But uh, thanks for listening guys. And Matt, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to next time. All right, guys. Hey, and just one last message. I forgot to swing this in, in the intro. 
If you love listening to the Students of the Game podcast and you want to show your love for Students of the Game, please subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you would like, feel free to leave a rating um, if that would be cool. And of course, if you ever have any topics that you want us to go over on an SOTG podcast, please reach out to us via direct message on social media or at studentsofbaseball at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and we look forward to doing this again. 